dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to the Surf and Artificial Turf Podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week, buddy? Week was good. No complaints. Well, some complaints. (laughs) Minor Um, complaints. Minor complaints. (laughs) Drove uh, four hours on Thursday and four hours on Sunday, which is just always a delight, Mm -hmm. Um, to the, the hell known as... Cape Coral, Florida. Hell yeah! Uh, for the for the for the brother's baby shower, um, down there was okay. Elliot always sleeps terribly down there, and he's just been on a long kick of not sleeping well up here. So like, it's even magnified even more down there. That's what you want. So I'm waking up between three and four down there every day. You know, mm-hmm. feeling good, <laughs> kicking it. Uh, beside that. Uh, you know, it was fine. Family wise, it's it was the, fine. It's, he says it, there's a there's a low peak to that, you know, um, in terms of quality. Uh, the bar is low. The today I uh, we went we went ham on the Amazon random Pride Day. Oof, if you would. Boy. <laughs> and uh, uh, every time I look, there's nine things in the shopping cart. Brother, it was so funny. I was like searching myself for things and every time i would click on a new item another thing would be added to the cart because jess was also like doing stuff um, i added so nothing that... <laughs> yeah she's she's admitting yeah. innocence there right yeah uh <laughs> i have the receipts literally to prove it uh <laughs> um my wife was looking at a uh, baby diaper cream uh spatula pardon i don't know man it's prime day she's just She's just clicking on shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> huh. And then beside that, football weekend was pretty great. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Around. Um The huge, you know? I don't really do I don't really do a ton, you know. We got we got the uh the baby. He's doing great. He's uh eating, sleeping, pooping, you know, doing all the baby stuff. Uh taking the kid to school, going to work. Nothing exciting on this end other than the football uh, dominance that we just got to watch. Um, yeah, not much. What are you drinking tonight, buddy? Uh, Voodoo Ranger Experimental IPA. Mm, the boring one, huh? I have a black can as well, but mine is Terrapin Hopsecutioner. Exciting stuff. Baby Shower was at a brewery. Oh, that's that a- nice. That's the place for a baby shower to be had. Well, to be fair, it was a joint baby shower. Uh, and so, as in all sexes. And so, mm. uh, it was good for me. I could see that. All right. <laughs> Before, we're going to do something unprecedented here. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of our podcast, I would like to just revisit last week. And I would like to make one more uh, impassioned speech for uh, a man I feel like I did a disservice to not fighting for him hard enough to be in the Superstar Club. I feel like 
Brock Purdy deserves to be in the Superstar Club. And I understand the argument of it's the environment that he's in, but I don't feel like that's fair because a lot of quarterbacks, especially the high-end quarterbacks in the NFL right now, are a product of the environment that they are in. If Josh Allen had gone to the Browns as the first pick, as they were going through disaster season after disaster season, instead of getting to be with Brian Dable as an offensive coordinator, he would not be the same quarterback he is today. If Patrick Mahomes had gone to the Jags as a rookie and had Doug Marone as his head coach, he would not be the same player he is today. Uh, Look at the best rookie quarterback that we're talking about right now is C.J. Stroud. He is in the best environment out of, all, well, maybe not Anthony Richardson, but he can't stay healthy. But, you know, between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud is in the best environment. He's with Shocker, a Shanahan coaching tree kind of guy, and he's playing the best. So I don't feel like using the argument of, oh, well, just look at the situation he's in is fair because all almost 90% of quarterbacks are a ben- benefiting from the position that they're in if they're superstar. Um, yeah, so that's part of it, right? That wasn't the whole thing. My, my other big part was that um, even with last two nights ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Four touchdown um, game. He has started 10 games. And won all is, of them. Might, might we add, he has not lost a regular season football game yet. And the only game he's lost that he started is the one he got hurt in. Uh, okay. Well, let's just take that back a second. QB wins are is, are, is a stupid stat. Sure, uh, but he hasn't. <laughs> but the football team has not lost a game as him as the starter. Sure. I, I'm sure they haven't lost many games as him on the bench either. Um, I, I think that it's just way too early to call Brock Purdy a superstar. Well, if he wins the uh, MVP this year, it's going to be too late. We're, we're going to have missed our opportunity to, yeah. to be sure ahead of the game here. And I'm going to hold my breath. <laughs> you know, Brandon Ayuk, he played with that team when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. He was not on the precipice of being a superstar when Jimmy Garoppolo was there. The offense uh, I don't disagree with that. Runs Brandon Ayuk was a, a prime target in those last couple of years of Jimmy G. I don't think that Brandon Ayuk was ever as good as he is this year, what the pace he's on this year versus any other. You're kind of fading away. I understand you're looking at your phone. Yeah, I don't think that Brandon Ayuk has been on the same kind of pace that he's on currently any other season of his career. I'm just saying that he was starting to become a focal point in the fact that Brandon Ayuk was developing, you know, what, because Jimmy G had Brandon Ayuk in his rookie year and his second year more than his third and fourth year. I, you know, I'm not going to say that that's because of Purdy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 2022, he, he's only reached a thousand yards with Brock Purdy as his quarterback before that 826, 748 last year, he had over a thousand yards and this year he's on pace to, Right, last year he had over 1,000 yards, and most of those games were with Jimmy G. Brock Purdy only started five games last year. Ayuk played 17 games last year. (laughs) And I want to say, we'll keep going. I just, I don't, I don't feel like 
the argument of the place that he plays is fair. Like, I, and if it's Aaron Rodgers that you don't want to take out, like uh, Dak Prescott, I would be fine taking Dak Prescott out. It's not the person taking out. I'm fine with taking um, Mr. Johnson and Johnson out. I, you know, I, I don't care about that. I'm just saying that is a big part of it. Uh, the coaching there is good, uh, if not great. And, you know, we've seen it both ways. We are probably going to discuss it later with Bill Belichick and that potentially it was the quarterback um, that really mm-hmm. led to the success in those years. <clears throat> uh, I think evident on how well other QBs have played in that system uh, that we know have sucked everywhere else. Um, case in point, Jimmy G looking at him this year versus his years in San Francisco. I think that there's just a difference there. And obviously a big part of it is not just the coaching, but just surrounded with so much talent. It's, it's quite insane. Um, what he has built up that there is absolutely no pressure as a seventh round draft pick. Uh, so everything is in Brock Purdy's favor there. I would love to see him in the playoffs and actually in high pressure moments because it really is just kind of easy breezy because even when he's having a bad game, that defense is just going to do just fine. Um, and Or let's just hand it off to Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, they just have so many options there. I won't call him a superstar until I see it more than just against you know, some random uh, fifth, fourth week of the season type of thing. Give me some playoff games. It's going to be too late by that point, and fortune favors the bold. The Brock army will remember this. <laughs> Reek 5 recap. Dolphins fell Giants 31-16. to 16. From the 24, on first down, a big hole for A-Chan, still going down the sideline. Devon A-Chan will take it all the way. 76 yards for a Dolphins touchdown. Casey, what you got? Uh, fine win. Um, yeah, I wish we came out of it without a big injury, but unfortunately, Devon Achan going to be out a few weeks, it looks like, which is a bummer. I would have loved him to be uh, good to go. I'm hoping he could be good to go for the Chiefs game in four weeks. He seems seemingly he's not going to be good to go for the Eagles game in two weeks. So, you know, that's a big bummer. Uh, however, I mean, it's like we, we could sleepwalk to 30 points. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty stupid. We're calling wrong plays and scoring 70-yard touchdowns. I mean, th- that's where we're at as an offense, where Mike McDaniel's like, you know, I'm just going to let this play play out. He was going to call a timeout, but he, the, the Tyree kill deep bomb, I don't know if you, you saw this. Did you see this? I'm, I'm acting like you know what I saw the play. About. Mike McDaniel called a completely different play. The players were lining up in completely the wrong spots for Mike McDaniel called it, but they seemed so sure of themselves. Mike McDaniel was like, you know what? I'm just going to let this go. They seem like they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they seem to know whatever the wrong thing is. They're doing it the right way. They seem like they're, everyone sure. was so sure of themselves. And it was not the play call. Um, to a completely misheard him. There was a miscommunication. And it led to a 70-yard touchdown. <laughs> the tiger kill. So even when we're doing things wrong, we're getting just stupid plays. I mean, I, there were 
multiple 50-yard gains. And it's it's just um, – it's, it's it's so fun to watch. <laughs> it's crazy. You have to, like, recalibrate your brain when you're watching the Dolphins play football right now that a positive play for the opposing team's defense is a six-yard gain. Like, if, if the Giants held the, the Dolphins to a, a six-yard gain, you're like, oh, that was a pretty good play by the Giants' defense. It's just, like, these huge wide-open lanes that they're running through with the fastest humans on Earth. Uh, all of the pass plays, like, there's, like, five yards of separation in, in any direction for wide receivers. It's just, it, it works. We talk about it every week. Not only is it, you know, perfect offense it's the perfect players for the offense it's just it's crazy to watch. it's so much fun um but you know we did leave some points on the board which is it's not the worst mm-hmm. thing in the world it's going to happen um from a week-to-week thing um Tua had two interceptions one was absolutely horrendous yeah um it was the one in the end zone that was returned for uh, a pick six and it was seemingly just a trust in the anticipation of our offensive play calling more than a read of the coverage. And, um, you know, that was just a really bad throw. The second one, his hand hit the helmet of um, a uh, offensive lineman as he threw it and it sailed over Waddle's head. Um, that one is less to blame. That's just a freak type of thing. Mm. Uh, beside that, he threw and called a good game. Um, you know, over 300 yard passing. What, 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 you know, what do you want? Multiple passing touchdowns. Our running game is still phenomenal. I think it's, it's still going to be great. I mean, look, before HN came in, it's not like we were terrible at running the ball. Chargers game, we were kind of slow, but most of it ran all over the Patriots, which was, was at the time a phenomenal, uh, fully healthy defense. Mm. So I'm not too worried about that. Obviously, not too worried about it coming up this next week. It is what it is. On the defensive side of the ball, great game. Um, by our defense, one of one of the best games, honestly, um, that we have had. Seven sacks, I believe, maybe more. Uh, I don't remember in those last that last driver. So if we got a sack or not, but seven sacks. Um, but very good. We still don't have Jalen Phillips. We still don't have Jalen Ramsey. And this this defense, you know, showed up against again not a great offense, obviously. But uh, you know, you can't you don't want them to score, and you just mm. you want to attack their weaknesses. And there was no big plays allowed or anything like that. So overall, uh, happy with the performance by our defense, really allowing, you know, 10 of those points were off of, uh, turnovers. Uh, one, they didn't have even touch the field. It was a hundred two yard interception return. The other one was the H and fumble, uh, or the tie or the, no, yeah, just the H and fumble. And then we, you know, we held our, they held their ground on a couple, um, situations with bad field position as well so very pleased with our defense bouncing back from that terrible bills game yeah i mean anytime you can almost double the other team's points and be negative three and turnover differential you know you're doing something right on offense um yeah anything else you want to say about this game um no, I, I I won't I won't really remember this game <laughs> at the season end probably. All right, I have a fantasy corner, but now that we're kind of talking about HN, I kind of want to pivot, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I'll I'll pivot. Uh, Jeff Wilson, should if you are a Mostert owner slash HN owner, 
should you think about picking up Jeff Wilson? Jr.? Absolutely. Like a 50% chance Jeff Wilson's a starter, you know, against the Eagles um, or, or the following game mm. um, against the Patriots. Not anything against Mostert's talent. Mostert is definitely better than Jeff Wilson, but Mostert's just injury riddled. Um, and so he could go down. A-chan's going to be out for a few weeks. And before you know it, Jeff Wilson is the starting, quarter, uh, starting running back for one of the best running offenses in the league at this point. So uh, I think anyone uh, that can carry a football – would do decent in this offense. And, you know, Jeff Wilson's still going to rack up points. He's still going to rack up points, I think, as an RB2. Um, so, yeah, smash the uh, claim button if you see him on waivers. Jeff Wilson's also probably the uh, best, I would say, best pass catcher out of out of that trio. I mean, we haven't seen A-Chan do it a lot. Uh, Mostert is an incredible pass catcher. Okay. I've been very impressed with him this year. Um, he had one against the Bills that was – like 25 yards down the field on the right oh, sideline mm-hmm. um, over a defender. I mean, it was just like, uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's got, he's got hands. He's got right. hands. A Chan, you're, you're absolutely right. I haven't really seen much on the past. Just haven't seen it. No need. Just right. hand him the ball. You guys have now gained more yards through five games than any team in NFL history. Can you hear something like that? What is your reaction? Um, mission accomplished. We had the whole time, the whole off season, all we, th- that was our goal was, um, output after five games. Um, Moving on. Jags scratch out Bills, 25 to 20. There's ETN up the middle. ETN is free. ETN. Touchdown. 35 yards. Uh, offensively. If you are a fan of this podcast, you've already heard us talk about how much Trevor was playing at a high, high level. All you needed was the receivers to catch the ball. I'm sure you'll talk about it a little bit, but I wanted to shift gears a little bit this week, even though Trevor played so well, uh, to turn this into a Travis Etienne appreciation podcast. Um, Versus the Bills, he went 26 for 136 for two touchdowns. Right now, Etienne is second in yards after contact, fifth in total rushing yards. Uh, I, I know that I'm the one that's prone to hyperbole in this podcast, um, but I don't think that he's missed a hole all season. Like I think he had like the the rushes where he hasn't gained yardage it has not been on him. I feel like Travis Etienne is playing at such an extremely high level right now, um, and it's just I love seeing. Uh, absolutely. I think I think what we have seen so far in terms of him not being as successful has been more a um, tell on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, while Cam was not uh, <laughs> great <laughs> in the past blocking, um, uh, you know, arena. Uh, let's see. I want to see what his run game was. Oh, it was terrible. Um, all right. So his run yeah. block was also not great. You know, yeah. Cam Robinson. I don't know about him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Walker Little, very obviously, even on that first drive, switching over to left guard is your best offensive lineman in any position. Probably he could probably play center, and he'd probably be your best offensive lineman right now. So yeah, losing Cam, losing Cam him for alone is going to hurt. Cost you guys points. Bar none. Bar none. I mean, you 100% sure at least got a field goal at the end of the half, and that was a cam getting, you know, just fucking sideswiped and, mm-hmm. and 
before you know it, Espinosa's on top of him. So, and that's not the only time that's happened in the game. But it did seem Etienne had some holes on that offensive line. Mm. I don't know if it was a scheme thing. I don't know if it was the fact that the Bills were just getting beaten up. But yeah. Etienne took advantage of him. I mean, he's a he's a exceptional first round talent, mm-hmm. and um, I hope to see more of that going forward. We always hope for that here in the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Um, you know, run the damn ball more uh, is kind of. Uh, what we've been shouting to the rooftops um, for the Jags, I feel like, for years. Trevor obviously had a great game offensively, uh, but it was more of just he's been making these throws all season. This year, They just the receivers decided to catch the balls. Uh, he made uh, incredible throws on third down to keep drives going, including uh, one where he's getting smacked in the face with a throw in the bucket. Um to Ridley, which he Ridley said that uh, Trevor checked out of a run play to get into that pass play to throw it against Micah because he knew it was uh, cover zero with a with throw uh, for your number one wide receiver on a safety, and he had to take it, and it was and it was perfect. You know, it's just he can play at such a high high level. You just need your receivers to catch the passes when they're thrown their way. Yep, for sure. Top five quarterback in the league already. Defensively, I think we need to start looking at this defense as the Texans game was the aberration of of their season. Um, Other than being 100% correct about how bad their pass rush was going to be, because uh, it's Josh Allen and only Josh Allen at this point as the pass rusher, uh, the defense has been playing incredibly well every single week outside of a few coverage busts in the Texans game. Yeah, for sure. I think a part of that is because your line is at least very good at run defense. Uh, And so you are forcing the other team to pass. And, you know, so long as um, at the level that Darius Williams is playing right now at CB2 and at the level that Cisco is playing at safety one, you're just at a point where you have three really good defensive backs, Mm -hmm. um, which is very helpful when you are – forcing them to pass the ball more because of right. how well your run defense is. So that I think is what's going hand in hand here to really help your, your team. And you know, obviously Tyson Campbell is a huge um, uh, lockdown corner in this league at this right. point, having him on digs, eliminating that is a, is what I was hoping the dolphins would do. Um, and because once that happens, you get, you know, Josh Allen who doesn't have his, only good receiver uh and he has to kind of create the create the magic and that can go either way in this game it was going nowhere um and uh it all starts with locking down stefan dig and then you go from there yeah holding holding this team down to seven points in the half when they're averaging 41 points a game going into this game it's just i, I think the expectation for this defense should be higher outside of expecting a lot of pressure. Um, It'll be interesting to see what teams do going forward, knowing that there's only one person that they really need to block on the defensive line. As far as pass rushing, I would imagine that Josh Allen's going to be getting chipped and double teamed here for the rest of the year to just try and make it so that make sure that he's not uh, wrecking havoc against other teams getting back there and getting pressure. Fancy corner. Keeping this ETN 
kind of appreciation podcast going here. Is ETN a sell high? Right now, he's RB4. The next five weeks, he plays against the Colts, which is a good matchup. But then after that, he plays the Saints, Steelers, Bye, and 49ers. Also, probably lost his best offensive lineman, Walker Little, for the next four to five weeks. Uh, I guess how high are you selling? <laughs> um, I think he ends in the ends the year at, in the top ten of RBs. Uh, so what exactly are you getting there? Um, you know, potentially there's a sell high in terms of if you get an equal value to where he's at right now. Right, um, that's what I mean, yeah. So if you're able to get wide receiver four, I don't know the value that is. Um, I'm going. You know, I could definitely see value there. Um, I'm kind of surprised he's RB4. Uh, is it, oh, I mean, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of surprising, um, that he's that high, but obviously again, he's second in rushing and tied for the third most touchdowns right now, rushing touchdowns. Um, I'm getting there. okay. What are you doing? I'm getting, I'm getting to, um, who would be in that area. Yeah, so running back four. So wide receiver four right now would be DJ Moore. A guy right below him, you trade no. <laughs> Travis Etienne for Jamar Chase. Um, Etienne is fifth in rushing yards. Uh, is that what you're saying? No, anyway. he's fourth in fantasy. Oh, well, yeah, I know that, but you said he was second in rushing. Yards after contact. Oh, well, okay. Fourth in <laughs> It's very specific. <laughs> yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, it's huge when your offensive line is bad. And you're all, the only person you're behind is Christian McCaffrey in yards after contact. Um, yeah, if you could sell him for Jamar Chase, sure. I, I, would, I, would, I would do that uh, just because. <clears throat> Keenan Allen, wide receiver, seven. Sure. Okay. All right, let's move on to the previews. We have Panthers at Dolphins, a 1 o'clock kick. Finns are a 14-point favorite. Yeah, there's not much I want to cover here. This it's is another a, game like last week, right? But it's even like at this point, we're just like time to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. This is a. This should be a laughable contest. Uh, Panthers might be the worst team in the league. It's close. Um, there's a couple bottom feeders there. <clears throat> we played one last week. We slept, walked to 30 points, and I don't think that will be an issue this week, honestly. Um, so it's really keep everyone keep everyone healthy and get out of it. And you know. I'm not even. It's not even like a worry about looking ahead type of thing. Um, I just I because you know look ahead to the the Eagles. You know Sunday Night Football. It's looming on the horizon. Don't look ahead. I think this would be the biggest upset I can remember. <laughs> um, with a team yeah. that is seemingly heading to the number one overall pick, and um, it's just not a good matchup for for them and for Bryce Young and that offense. I think this is. You know, a great time for us to 
continue to build um, on defense in our performance from this past week. And I don't know. Again, we're gonna we're gonna sleepwalk to thirty points again, uh, at least. And they will probably struggle to get to you know fourteen. So I think that that's that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> don't let Brian Burns hit to a too many times, please. Sure. That's probably pretty much the number one thing that you're watching this game. Make sure that Brian Burns is blocked well and uh, make sure he doesn't get back there and, and cause too much uh, pressure on Tua, too many hits. Yeah, I'm looking like for quick saying, throws. Yeah. I want to see a lot of Robbie Chosen and Chase Claypool. You know, get some great names back out there. And uh, you know, New tight end, Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Um, so, and... You know, get Jeff Wilson going, and then you know Ahmed and Brooks. Like I, I mean, those are the guys I want to see. Uh, honestly, the most of I want to hear those names. Um, fantasy be damned. Um, the most this game. All right. Do you do you have anything else you want to add? On Literally this game nothing, or? dude. Literally, please let's don't get hurt. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me your pickup. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins thirty-eight, Panthers nine. Dolphins 52, Panthers 10. I don't think I've ever in the history of a football game projected a team to get a 50-burger, uh, <laughs> but we're doing it here. I just cannot imagine that this game is going to be even remotely. All right, Colts at Jacks, 1 o'clock kick. Jacks are a 3.5-point favorite. My key offensive matchup is Jacks receiving, which is 23rd, versus Colts coverage, which is 25th. I think... Um, the offense, specifically the pass, the passing game for the Jags has been kind of what you look at when you're looking at a stock kind of go in an upward trajectory, but it's like, you know, there's points where it's going up points where it's going down, but I feel like for the most part, it's going upward and I just want to see it continue this week. This is a team where their strength is not really their secondary. So your wide receivers should cook them. You should, you know, see a hundred yard game out of Ridley with a touchdown. You should see Ingram dominating in the middle of the field, uh, you know, picking up third downs at will against this team. You should see Christian Kirk, you know, getting open, getting, getting some long passes. Uh, it should be a game that your pass passing game looks crisp in. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, so overall, I, I think we're looking at kind of an important matchup because for some reason, the Jags have just had issues in divisional play, uh, mm. even at home. Yep. And, you know, I, I, granted it was more, it's been for some reason more against the Texans. Um, but you're in a position where if you win this game, you could have a two game lead over the rest of the division. Right. Uh, essentially with, I, I understand you only have one over the Colts, but you have two wins um, yeah. against them head to head. Game and, and a half. So you, you, you have to take advantage of that, uh, especially with AR out. And I understand Jonathan Taylor um, will have another full week of practice, but that's one thing that you have done well, obviously this year, as we have said, um, you know, it seems like run defense is mm -hmm. leading to the good pass defense instead of vice versa. 
and I think that, you know, this is a game that you you should win, and it's a very important game. You don't want to overlook it. Uh, I know that you just are, you know, it's tough. It's, it's never been done where a team has been gone overseas for two weeks and then had to come back and play. Uh, so we'll see how that adjustment uh, goes. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I want to see uh, the offense to continue uh, to improve just a lot yeah. of empty drives. Um, that yeah, after been they scored points. those 11 points in that first quarter, it was, you know, nothing for the second and third quarter. Luckily, the defense was able to hold them to seven points that whole time. On your point on Ridley, uh, you know, first game with the Jags, he puts up over 100 points. We had not seen it again until against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So keep building on that as well. <clears throat> and he was just cooking Kyrie Elam. Go Gators. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie Elam, not good. No. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and, But you're absolutely right. I want to see Ridley go off. I want to see ETN go off. I want to see Ingram go off. And, you know, let's – Let's put up over 30 again on the Indianapolis Colts. Like you were saying, uh, defensively, my my key matchups is Jags run D, which is 22nd, according to PFF, and the Colts run game, which is 32nd. I don't necessarily agree with these grades personally. I feel like the Colts, especially when Anthony Richardson has been out there, have had some pretty explosive runs. Um, Zach Moss has been playing pretty well. And the Jags D, like we were talking about, is, to me, one of the stoutest rundies in, in the league. But PFF's got a little bit different grades for them. I, I, we don't always have to agree with PFF. This is one where I just don't see it the same way. Uh, for But for me, it's the Jags run D on first down, keeping the Colts team off schedule, right? They need to be in second and longs and third and mediums. If the defense can force them into obvious passing downs on third down where they're third and medium, I think that's the best formula for this defense to be able to cook the Colts with Gardner Minshew as the quarterback. Uh, he's very decisive. He's very accurate with the ball. He, he is good on short passes. So you don't want to be giving Gardner Minshew third and twos, third and ones, third and threes. To complete passes, you need to give him those third and eights, third and sixes, where he can get pressured and uh, has to make a little bit of a of a longer pass to to make it work. Yeah, I, I think for the for the running game, that score probably is mostly brought down by uh, the Falcons game. Um, Brian Robinson kind of went off. Bijan, then, you did it again. Jesus, um, not the big hat guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bijan Robinson. Um, kind of went off, and then mm-hmm. uh, the Chiefs also put over 100 on you. But beside that, um, those are really the only two games that um, running backs have. Yeah, but went I feel like the Chiefs. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the Chiefs. It was like a lot of tries. Like it was over 100, but they had like it was not a very good yards per attempt. And Bijan is Bijan. I mean, obviously the grades don't take into effect how good a running back is, but. Bijan's getting like a hundred yards like every week, regardless of who they're playing. Uh, they Pacheco went twelve attempts, seventy yards. I mean, they basically had twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen rush attempts, 
by running backs and seven by Mahomes. So there was not a lot. Yeah. But, Mahomes, but I mean, 12 for 70 is not otherworldly. Well, that was basically it, though. Like, they barely ran the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, it's just not, I mean, 100 yards in the NFL for a run run team. It's not, it, that's not, I mean, look at the Dolphins. A-Chain gets that on, on one rush. <laughs> well, well, the Dolphins are the Dolphins. Um, uh, what else? What else am I saying? I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I would, I hope that this is, I mean, look, Josh Allen, regardless of who the quarterback was, he got three sacks against this Colts offensive line uh, in that first game. So hopefully he can put up another three. He's doing every other week, three sacks. So <laughs> yeah. this should be a three-sack week. If you want to put a bet um, on it, this would be the week yeah. for him to get another three. Yeah. And you parlay it with a Trayvon Walker one sack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that, that seems to be the Trayvon time. Walker one sack or held. Because those are the only two things he could do. He could get back towards the quarterback, and somebody will hold him, or he'll get one sack. Um, yeah. So I, I, I uh, I'm ready for that experiment to be over. By the way, come on back, Dwayne Smoot. Let's get Trayvon on the inside. I can't. I just, I'm done with it. But is it even like a part of the conversation there? Like, have you heard it? Is it even like being discussed, or is this just a the pipe the, the game issue? For us? The issue is. For whatever reason, going into the season, they thought they had the answers for rotational pass rushers in the building. They thought Chason was going to take a step forward. He didn't. They thought Abdullah was going to be a good player. He's fine, but he's a fifth-round rookie. Like, there's a lot to to go on there. But like, if you were to move Trayvon around on the defensive line, who's taking his spot right now? Like, he he's not meant to be an outside pass rusher but if he isn't your second outside pass rusher who is you just don't you don't they don't have options right they could trade for frank clark and then they could move they could move walker around but the, the issue right now is they're not talking about it because there's nothing to talk about because he's the best second pass rusher they're not going to move him around until smoot is available and so, but was Smoot lining up as an edge? He does both. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. But I'm tired of this Trayvon Walker as an edge rusher experiment. He just doesn't have bend. He doesn't have speed to get around the corner. He's just got power. And he could be a great defensive end in a 3-4 uh, or a 3 technique in a 4-3. You know, look at Jalen Carter who's absolutely cooking from the inside right now and looks like a great first-round pick. Sure. You could be doing the same thing with Trayvon Walker. It's fine if you take a defensive player who plays in the trenches and he's he's a first-round pick if it's not an edge rusher, if he's going to get pressure from somewhere on the defensive line within this experiment. Give me your pick-em. Jags. 31, Colts 21. Jags 27, Colts 14. All right. Now to our weekly uh, game. Thought experiment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We're doing our hot seat rankings for coaches. This is our yearly check-in on coaches. Uh, We think that have the hottest seat. Before we get started, 
first off, did you finish your list or are we doing? Yeah, no, okay. I finished it. What? I be, we don't really talk about other than we're just like hot seat rankings and you're like, yep. What is your approach for this exercise? Like, how are uh, you deciding whether or not somebody's safe? Like, what is your thought process? Well, okay. I guess it's mostly like, can I fathom this person being fired? Mm-hmm. Uh, is the, are they, I have five. I don't remember. I feel like we had terms for these yeah, the I don't five. Yeah, they were last time. I um, only have three. Okay, well that's interesting because I ranked them and I have I have coaches in all five. But um, so I go through and see who's absolutely safe. I listed twenty one coaches in my mind that are absolutely safe. I have twenty. I think I have twenty or twenty. Yeah, we're pretty close to the same amount. Uh, and then there's eleven guys that I think there is a possibility that something happens <laughs> where they are fired in there that ranges. Um, so once I put the 21 down, then it's going back and looking at those last 11 and thinking how much, you know, how likely would they be fired? Like what would have to happen for them mm-hmm. to get fired? Is that likely to happen? And that's where I put them in terms of the last four spots. Um, I have five guys that are very unlikely to be fired three, uh, sorry, two guys in the middle and then, four guys that are either likely to be fired or they're right there or whatever would be the second behind that. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's where I'm at. So the way that I do it, and obviously we're already part way into the season. So you kind of have to construct a narrative about how this would happen for some of these teams. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So for me, it's, would the coach still be the coach if this team didn't make the playoffs? That's the way that I kind of, that's the way that I did it. And obviously like, you know, the Eagles uh, are undefeated. If, or no, they've lost one game. If they were to not make the playoffs, something catastrophic would have happened, right? Like Hertz got hurt and you're not going to blame the coach if that, if something like that happened. So for me, you know, there is a little bit of, we're part way into the season. So some of these guys to me are already safe. So this is the way that I think we did it last year. And I think we'll probably do it again since I guess I have a a shorter, I mean, not shorter, but a smaller categories. I'm going to go over categories, less categories. I'm going to go over my completely safe guys. Go ahead. All right. And I did this by division because this list is long. Uh, AFC South. I have all of the coaches as completely safe. Peterson, Steichen, Vrabel, D'Amico, Ryans, all completely safe to me. Agreed. AFC East, completely safe. Mike McDaniel, Sean McDermott. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say all four completely safe. I was like, holy hell. No. Uh, I, exactly. I have those two as completely yes. safe. AFC, as well. AFC West, Andy Reid and Sean Payton, completely safe. Yes. AFC North, completely safe. Their butts are are cool as the other side of a pillow. Mike Tomlin, Zach Taylor, John Harbaugh. Agreed. NFC South, completely safe. Frank Reich. Fucking Christ. Hold on. I have it differently organized, so I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. NFC South. Frank Frank Reich Reich is the only coach that I have. Because of what happened today. 
I moved him out of the completely safe category. Yeah, I mean, I did this before, but you know, rookie rookie quarterback, uh, new coach. I, I, just to me, that's one of those things where it's like you're gonna give that guy uh, another season, much like yeah. Shane Steichen um, or another guy I'm about to mention here in a second. Yeah, I don't know. The, I mean, I, I guess we can go into it now because sure, you can tell me like, where you have him. Well, I've been very likely to be safe. The f- what would be if if what we're listing off is five. I have Frank Reich in the four category. It's really just what happened where he's kind of saying the owner um, is too involved <laughs> it's what it's implying in my yeah. mind um in that as everyone knows in the media frank reich really likes cj stroud um as did um josh mccown josh mccown yeah and so it seemingly is it, it, there's imp, there's implications there that he he would have drafted C.J. Stroud. The owner comes in and says, draft Bryce Young instead. And Frank Reich is in week five, mind you, where they might be blown out 80 to two next week. <laughs> um, uh, he's already making comments the way that the owner runs a team. If I'm a rich billionaire owner, I don't know how much patience I have for that. Um, so very unlikely he's fired, but... I don't know. It's fucking week five. He's already saying shit. I don't know. I don't remember that ever happening. The head coach saying stuff like that. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Um, right. Okay. And sorry. Hold on. I have. I have Dennis Allen safe. You do not. No, I do. I do not. I think. For me personally, I feel like the I have him in. Let me let me look. Uh, I also have Arthur Smith safe. You don't have Arthur Smith safe. I do not. I have I'm fucking three and two Falcons, my guy. There's no way he's right. Part. <laughs> if they found if they found a way to not make the playoffs, that that's the yeah, way that I look sure. at this. So if if they didn't make the playoffs, I think that it would be this is his third year as the head coach. Um, I think that there are a lot of rumblings, not just in the fantasy community, but in the NFL community in general, that it's just like this offense is not. He doesn't choose his quarterback. It's not utilizing its pieces correctly. He doesn't choose his quarterback. That, that's the bottom line. So, um, with the team he has, the fact that they're three and two is. But he could be playing Heineke. My mind. I agree with you, but again, this is, and my the way that I did this exercise is if these teams didn't make the playoffs, I think that it, he is. Uh, he's in my getting hotter. I would not necessarily say that he would absolutely be fired but i think that there would be some questions you know there would be some what are the decisions that we're making here um maybe an offensive coordinator maybe a defensive coordinator switch out um i i think that there would be some rumors but i don't again i don't think he's not in my he would get fired no matter what category um but yeah I, i don't think that he's completely Moving on, I have uh, we're now at the NFC East, completely safe. Nick Sirianni and Brian Dayball. Um, I have Brian Dayball out of it, and here's why. There is a chance in my mind that Brian Dayball told the GM, "I can make Daniel Jones work. Sign him to the big deal." 
So here's the only reason why I disagree with that is because there's so much hand-wringing by the ownership of the Giants about how they did Daniel Jones so wrong before this season. And the ownership was proven right, with air quotes here, from last year by um, Brian Dayball. And I just think, you know, he won Coach of the Year last year. They definitely punched above their weight. They're definitely not nearly as good. Uh, they're playing a tougher schedule this year. It's all proving out that, you know, last year was was an exception to where they're at. Daniel Jones is not the guy. I think you do have a coach. We've seen him work with other quarterbacks. We've seen him improve Josh Allen. I think this was an ownership thing for me personally, and I think that they'll yeah. give him more of an opportunity. Yeah, it is a complete um, <clears throat> guess on my part. But that is the mm-hmm. only reason why I don't have him as completely safe because if he did indeed, the way he's reacting to Daniel Jones, I could see that coming from a guy that said, I'm going to bet my career on you. And, and like, see, yeah, and I just, I just read it slightly different. For me, it's I'm probably only going to get one chance to be a head coach and you're absolutely blowing it for me. <laughs> sure. All right. Next for me, I have NFC West. Completely safe. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Jonathan Gannon. Why in the world would you not have Pete? You have a, something against Pete Carroll, my guy. So Pete, <laughs> Pete is actually, he is in my wild card um, category. This is my only, This is he's the only guy in this category. Pete Carroll, old as crap. If the Seahawks on the opposite side of the spectrum found a way to either make a deep playoff run or somehow, some way win the Super Bowl, I could absolutely see Pete Carroll retiring from football after this. Yeah, I, I took this as a firing only. Well, we did this, I think we did this a couple of years ago where it was like Ron Rivera was in my wild card category of like he could just not be the coach anymore. And obviously yeah. the hot seat rankings, but like I could see Pete Carroll retiring after this season. I, I don't think that it's like completely possible, but or like likely, but he just to me, he's old, deceptively old. I could see Pete Carroll wanting to step away from coaching. Well, that, but that's I, the only reason why he's not on the completely safe. I would honestly have three wild cards then. I would have Pete Carroll, I would have Sean McVay, and I'll have Andy Reid. Interesting. Andy Reid's it interesting. Would, it, I think Sean it would McVay. Not, it would not shock me if if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl again this year. Andy Reid's like, you know. I'm done. I've done everything I possibly can as a as a. The only thing I could see him doing is trying to go for the wins total. Honestly, at this point, because mm-hmm. he's still young enough that he could get it. Um, with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, I think he's going to catapult past Bill Belichick, and I think he could hit the Don Shula number. Um, for Sean McVay, it, there's just been rumblings in the past yeah. that he's like been one foot in, one foot out, and could just quit one day and become a broadcaster. I don't know why would that. He have seems in away? love with this football team. Sean McVay. I don't know if you've seen a lot of sideline shots of him, but he's he looks like he's having a great time. And yeah, Andy sure, Reed, but Matthew I, Stafford could retire this next year, and yeah. Aaron Donald could retire, and then a lot of guys he might be in love with are gone. <laughs> I think Andy Reid recently said he will coach as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, people say things all the time. So I see what you're saying. It would be interesting yeah, if they win another Super Bowl, kind of like what I was saying with Pete Carroll. Uh, NFC North, completely safe. 
Matt LaFleur, Dan Campbell, Kevin O'Connell. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Moving to my getting hotter list. Sure. AFC East, Robert Sala. Yep. AFC West, Brandon Staley. Uh, This is the one that I struggled with the most, whether to put him in the hottest seat or getting hotter. I just, like... I don't know about the Chargers, man. It, this is one of those teams that, in ownerships, you have your hand raised. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking on your, if they would, if they don't make the playoffs, what would happen? It seems like that is your key point. Mm-hmm. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs, I think there's a hundred percent chance Brandon Staley is no longer the coach for the Chargers. Yeah. The only reason why I don't have it that way is this organization is cash poor. And they do not like paying multiple coaches. So firing a coach and having to pay a second coach is not generally in the Chargers' DNA. Um, if they don't make the playoffs, if I was ownership, I would fire him. I just don't have a good grasp on what uh, Chargers' ownership would do in that situation. Um, that's the only reason why I don't have him in the hottest list. It's just kind of what I struggled with. Is there any type of maybe there's writing in the contract that if you blow a thirty-four point lead or whatever in the playoffs, um, you 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 don't get the rest of your contract? I don't think there is. <laughs> NFC South getting hotter, like we talked about. I have Arthur Smith uh, and Todd Bowles. I think um, I don't know. It just might be it, it might be time for a fresh start for the Bucks. I, they're probably going to win too many games. I still think I still think they could draft. I mean, I still think they could draft the rookie quarterback in the first round just sure. because of where this where this class is. And what, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't really fucking know what they're doing, Mike Evans. Um, but you're not going to be in a position though where you know what quarterback you're drafting. Probably if the Bucks, though, right? Like Unless you're probably you going to be drafting somewhere around ten. Unless you trade up. Unless you trade up. Unless you're going to give up multiple picks. But and, and that's and that's why I have them in the same place that you do. Right. I could see the Bucks saying, clean slate, new coaching staff, and we're going to trade up and get our guy. Mm-hmm. The, new, the new GM comes in and says that over yeah. Jason Light, whatever. And then wild card, NFC West, Pete Carroll, obviously, as I was, we were talking about earlier. All right. On to the hottest of hot seats. Okay. This is... Do you if these... say Mike McCarthy? I did not. Interesting. On to the hottest of hot seats. If these coaches <laughs> do not make the playoffs, they are gone, in my opinion. AFC East, Bill Belichick. So we've come Bill to the Be- end of the Bill Belichick era. Bill and Belichick, the Patriots. He's probably a little bit cooler as a head coach, but he should be fired immediately as GM of the Patriots. He has established one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's awful. Congrats, congrats to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. I think you know. There's been uh, this year a lot of verbal uh, back and forth between the owner and the coach, uh, including the owner was asked, Robert Kraft was asked about allowing Bill Belichick to stay on to chase the win, the the win totals like you were talking about. And he made it sound, I'm paraphrasing here, but we're not going to go multiple seasons trying to get Bill the win record if we're not competitive. Right and, and honestly, if they're not competitive, why would you do that? If you're Bill, you're gonna. You if you're Bill Belichick, and you look at this Patriots team and how they're currently designed in their future, which is his fault. 
it, great. I understand that, but see you later. I'm going yeah. to another team, and I'm chasing the win total with some other team um, that is, you know, firing their head coach and has two first round picks. Going to the Chargers. I was going to say the Bears, but that works too. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I just, and I agree with you. If I was an owner and I'm hiring Bill Belichick, I'm the first contract talks. I'm telling him you have a GM who is picking players for you. I yeah, he he is and I, maybe one I, of the worst GMs of all time. I think he would be fine with that. I think he's like this is my last this is my last team basically, mm-hmm. and I'm just chasing the win total. I don't I want a more relaxing life. I'm just gonna coach. This team is awful. It's all Bill Belichick's fault. The coaching staff is awful. Uh, I was listening to my other NFL podcast that covers the entirety of the NFL. They did uh, a Flashpoint series is what they call it. And they talked about Bill Belichick and they had Tom Curran on it. He said that one of the main reasons why the coaching staff is so small is because it's an unenjoyable work environment. Nobody wants to work there. After you've worked there for a little bit, you don't want to be there anymore. So they can't get young, innovative coaches to come work for Bill Belichick. That's the reason why Matt Patricia was their offensive coordinator last year. That's the reason why Bill O'Brien, because he wants to get back into the NFL, is their offensive coordinator this year. It's just like Bill Belichick's a tough guy to work for, and it's probably getting stale at this point. If they don't make the playoffs, I would not. I would expect Bill Belichick to be fired. Oh, but he won't be fired, by the way. It will be a mutual, I'm re- resigning. Sure. Will be the terminology that they will use. Mm-hmm. AFC Parting West. Of the ways. <laughs> Josh McDaniels on the hottest of hot seats. Just him? Did you already say Brandon Staley? Brandon Staley was in the one right above it. We just talked about oh, it. Yeah, how I just struggled with, got, they're a cash poor franchise. And I don't know yeah. if they would be willing I mean, I think to you're, you're, you're. I think you're looking way too far into that. I mean, the uh, head coach salary, especially Brandon Staley's salary, is a drop in the bucket with how much uh, the those um, owners will make. I don't to believe. Losing, losing, not winning a playoff game. I don't believe <laughs> that that team has ever paid two coaches at the same time. Two head coaches. The Chargers. There is a team I cannot remember if it's either the Chargers or the Raiders, but they they there is a team that has never paid two coaches, two head coaches at the same time. Um, four million a year. I mean, come on, dude. I I mean, he again. I, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that there that is. But there that doesn't is, make any sense, though, because they, if they you think about it, they the they have a team. <laughs> They have a team that they're they're paying the players. It's not like they're like super underneath the salary cap because they're saving money. I mean, four million is. I, I understand know, your fifth string quarterback. <laughs> anyway, um, um, Josh, Josh McDaniels, McDaniels, hottest of five seats. Yeah, conversely, what Mark Davis is saying on the on the sidelines, uh, definitely, uh, definitely a hot hot seat there. I mean, this this team has not looked good. They've given them talent, and they have not looked. They still do not look good. AFC North, hottest of hot seats, Kevin Stefanski. I think uh, this team put their chips into the Deshaun Watson basket. And if Watson either says, I don't like this head coach, or they're not doing well, uh, it'll be the coach that gets the ax. Yep, because you have fully guaranteed this fucker's salary. Uh, You aren't going to get rid of him. So you're going to have to try to get a coach that can make Bill O'Brien, coach of the... Oh, no. 
the Browns. No, no, no. Next no year. No way. No way. <laughs> and no one is hiring a Patriots coordinator at this point. Uh, unless unless Deshaun Watson <laughs> says, I want Bill O'Brien as my coach. Dear God. NFC South, hottest of hot seats, Dennis Allen. This team is wild to me, the Saints. I feel like they perennially think that they are a playoff contender. If this team didn't make the playoffs, their offense um, last week, it was there was reports by the media that the offensive coordinator was under scrutiny, that if they didn't start you know, picking it up on offense, he might be getting fired. Uh, they scored 31 points against the Patriots. Uh, some by the defense. They looked a little bit better on offense. But I, if this team found a way to not make the playoffs in the NFC South, I could also see this team wanting to try and, you know, maybe try and start looking for a clean slate. Yeah, I think all that shows me, right, is that um, the head coach is fine. He's just going to put on the coordinators. And I think Dennis Allen has had given basically a ton of leash. Um, I don't he's know almost why. Treated, he's, yeah, I don't know why. Either, I do not like Dennis treated, Allen as a head coach. He's, he's treated like – Bill Belichick, right, and Andy Reid, and like these guys have been with franchises for years because he has been, um, but he hasn't been running the show. But he's it's they're treating him like Sean Payton never existed, and that he was running the show for fifteen years. Yeah, it's a it's a weird franchise. It just they seem like they always think that they're in contention and they're just gonna run it as close to possible over the salary cap and not have picks. It's crazy. Speaking of weird franchises, let's head to the NFC East. NFC East Commanders. <laughs> Ron Rivera on the hottest of hot. Oh, I thought you were going to hit Mike McCarthy first. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, it, you, didn't, you didn't hit my transition well there. Um, Ron, Ron Rivera is no longer Riverboat Ron. He no. is a, a horrendous coach and should be fired immediately. Yeah, and new ownership. They're more sure. concerned with what they're going to have as the name of the team than whether or not they're winning football games right now. They have. You have your head coach right on the offensive coordinator staff. Yeah. I, I, it could Easy definitely, peasy. It could definitely happen. Um, I think they even kind of said, you know, winning is going to be the benchmark for whether or not to keep him. You don't make the playoffs. What's the point in keeping him if you want a new look for your franchise? Yep. Mike McCarthy, I have him here. If somehow the Dallas Cowboys found a way to not make the playoffs, I could even see this happening without a catastrophic injury because I don't think Dak Prescott is necessarily all that good. Jerry well, the Jones, catastrophic injuries have already happened. You know, they're, Jerry they're happening Jones every old. week, it seems. Jerry Jones is old. Okay. Jerry Jones is very old. Jerry Jones would like the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl before he dies. And if he doesn't think that Mike McCarthy can bring him that Super Bowl before he dies, he could move on from Mike McCarthy this year if they do not make the playoffs, which would be a huge step back from where they've been the last two years. I had Mike McCarthy in the, the second from the safe category. For the exact opposite of what you're saying. Jerry Jones commits to guys like no other. It does not matter. They can do no wrong. Uh, and Mike McCarthy has shown that you can be a horrendous head coach. And there's not a whisper from Jerry Jones that the same thing with the commander said, right? Wins at the benchmark. Jerry Jones is perfectly fine. Mike McCarthy sitting right next to him in the war room on draft day. It's, it's like he is... Jerry Jones falls in love with a guy and sticks with him not just one year after he should, for like three years after he should. Jason Garrett was one of the worst head coaches in the league. It was super obvious to everyone. Um, it's super obvious if you ever hear him speak now on NBC. He's the worst. And he, he was there for so long. 
and it just it's just seemingly a love affair that Jerry Jones has with some coaches and just sticks with them for such a long time at this point. Maybe next year so that, he'll be on the hottest of hot seats for you. I guess that he'll be he'll he'll at that point be well, three years him, over his I, I had him, welcome. I had him hotter last year back, so that's my point. It's like if you don't fire him from what he's done these past couple of years in Dallas, which is completely mismanaged games, talk about analytics and kick field goals when you shouldn't, and go for it when you shouldn't, and things like that. He doesn't know how to run a team, and uh, it just is going nowhere. It's a very stagnant. Uh, franchise all that being said they made the playoffs in those seasons and if somehow they found a way to not make the playoffs this year uh this is a team that i could see that you know not being that they lost their quarterback and because they were poorly coached uh last coach here for me on the hottest of hot seats matt eberflus sure we've talked about it a couple of times the bears are just kind of in this Weird position where you and I think that the quarterback is good enough to be a franchise quarterback, but it's not developing that way. It's, you know, was going backwards up until this last week. Um, But even still, the defense, which your head coach is responsible for, has been okay. Um, I just, they, they should definitely look to move on especially if they have the top two picks in the draft they should not allow this coaching staff to get another chance at quarterback uh agreed matt april flus um you avoided dodge the bolt there jacksonville jaguars yeah thank god uh all right now it's time for everybody's favorite segment casey's casino corner all right all right all right Let's go ahead and get to these bets. Let's start with. <laughs> I just want to say I I've started to track my under specials and nice. I would at least say for the last two weeks I've nailed them, so I'm going to say I've been right every single week. And yes, my one this week, time. I don't see how it's possible that the one that I have for this week could be wrong. Pats Raiders under forty two and a half. How do these two teams? Uh, make it over 42 points, that seems impossible. Let's hit that game. Raiders minus three. Patriots are a fucking dumpster fire right now. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take the, the Raiders uh, at home. What what Patriot fan wants to see this team right now? That's going to be a loud fucking stadium full of Vegas fans. And they're not going to make the cross-country flight, you know, to see their team. And the the, the bandwagon fans have, are long gone. Um, and... As bad as the Raiders have been, the Patriots are absolutely abysmal. Uh, and, you know, the Raiders are decent enough. They beat teams like the Packers. Like, Patriots are looking like a bottom five team. Mac Jones has completely lost anything similar to a, a competent quarterback in terms of talent. Um, he's just completely dropped off. Uh, you know, he didn't look good against the Dolphins, and it has gotten so bad since then. He's thrown a pick six every game, uh, multiple interceptions every game. And he's just been blown out now two times in a row. Both the worst losses in Bill Belichick's career. First or worst loss ever, and then the worst loss um, at home. So, yeah. Jo- uh, Josh McDaniels has looked at Mike McCarthy and said, hold my beer for worst uh, situational awareness in a football game. Uh, he's absolutely terrible. Josh McDaniels might be worse than Nathaniel Hackett at situational awareness within a football game. He does the wrong thing literally every single time. 
uh it's wild he get he got bailed out by max crosby in that game against the packers uh but yeah i the raiders have better talent on their roster and this is a game that's going to be won by the players and not by the coaching because both of these coaches are not particularly good currently uh i have under special of the week Niners Browns under 39. Yeah, I saw this and it's just and I know that the teams that Dallas has played before they played the 49ers are not particularly good teams. Sure. But I think the 49ers more than just that. are a transcendent team and I feel like the 49ers themselves could score 39 points. There's two problems I could face. One is that, as you, I think you're alluding to, the Browns' defense is legitimately the best mm-hmm. statistically in the NFL right Correct. now. Correct. Um, and the weather is going to be horrendous. Yeah, I but I just, you know. I, I, but I feel like it, obviously, the only reason why I stayed away from this one again, like the weather's bad, that bodes well for running it, and Kyle Shanahan in this run game, this, the the. The Kyle Shanahan scheme, we've seen it with the Dolphins. The run game can be so multiple. It can be zone. It can be power. Christian McCaffrey could absolutely score three touchdowns in this game. And they I am concerned almost, for the health of the 49ers on this, on, <laughs> as we start yeah. heading into October. <laughs> can the 49ers stay healthy? Yeah. Is, is hopefully hopefully they, can, they, they can hit the luck. I uh, final, final score this. here is like seventeen to three. Um, I I don't know if the Browns put up three. Honestly, D- no. D- Deshaun Watson might not play. They're going to start PJ Walker now over mm-hmm. DTR. The great PJ. Walker. Um, so that's what you're looking at against this 49ers defense. You know, again, it's not that the McCaffrey could go off and put they, they could put up a ton of points. It's on offense. It's a the the way this is lost is by defensive scores, and there's three of them. <laughs> that's yeah. how that's how I would say. Yeah, it. I mean, um, and under games are good for weather games, so it's just this this total is so low. Yeah, it, it should be lower. Um, if you think it's all going to be from one team, <laughs> um, the last game. Let's see. Um, I will do. I'll keep riding on the the. Jesus, I just got a do terribly a, loud notification. Do a Jags Dolphins um, teaser. Why not? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no offense to the, to the Jags, but until they can be confident against AFC South, tease, tease the Dolphins to a seven-point favorite. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, that yeah. possible? Jeez. Uh, no. My not, my last one's going to be Jets plus seven against the Eagles. Um, I'm still not confident that the Eagles are um, a good team against a good defense. So, um, Jets plus seven. Yeah, I would be. I think it could be easily be within this. So my my only comment on this is just it's in New York too. It's not. So yeah, you know, basically somebody's going to tear an ACL in this game. Um, Yeah, God, yeah, man, it's so scary. Like injuries are so bad this year, mm -hmm. and that's like getting away from the fact that, I mean, the artificial turf obviously is even makes it even worse you know and we're not even at co- you know we should change cold. our name and solidarity with start. players uh, we, we should not be artificial turf we should be real turf surf and real turf surf and real turf um 
AVT, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, one of the best Jets offensive linemen now gone for the season. I would be absolutely terrified for uh, Zach Wilson. He's going to get so harassed by this defense. Um, it could be scary. Like it, this game could get out of hand, mostly because of the Eagles' defense. Um, but yeah, plus seven is just that's unless you're playing the Panthers. That seems like that is a, a, a pretty high as far as NFL teams go. At home, yeah, to be an underdog by seven points at home is is pretty crazy. Um, all right, those are my three. All right, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, you know, I, I want the Dolphins to stay healthy. I want everyone out there to stay healthy. Yeah. I want myself to stay healthy too. That's important. God forbid, I, I, I'm definitely going to get sick again. I would prefer uh, for you to soon. not get sick again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow us at Surf and Artificial Turf, all one word on uh, the app formerly known as Twitter. You can email us at the same thing, Surf and Artificial Turf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast.